Glorious Best Big Kids, Mamma Mia's podcast for parents who are bribing their children with promises of exotic holidays that will probably never happen now. <laughs> One day. <laughs> We're going to be talking about that more later. Yeah. I'm Holly Wainwright. I've got two kids at primary school and I work here at Mamma Mia. And I'm Andrew Datto. I also work here at Mamma Mia a oh, day a week. You do. Which is pretty fantastic. <laughs> Because there's not a lot happening on the rest of the week. And I've got three kids. What have I got? A 21, 19 and yeah, big 16. Kids. Actually, it was a good week this week. We had the Little Scribe Mini Writers Festival online for schools around the country. And I think we had over 30,000 kids and 12 That's different awesome. authors and illustrators. So, yeah, so it's really, you know, stuff is happening. You just have to dig a little deeper to find it. But that was a, you know, it's been a great week. Oh, good. Now, don't forget that if your kids are a little littler than ours, you can listen to TGM Little Kids with Tegan, Natalie and Lee Campbell. It drops every Monday in the same feed. But on the Big Kids show today, we are talking to Peter Hellier and his wife, Bridget, about their new book, Tripping with Kids, which is, as we hinted at at the top of the show, all about travelling with kids. And they have had a few parenting messes around the world, but they've also got some great tips of how to plan a great holiday with kids. And, of course, this glorious mess isn't possible without our nails and fails. But starting off, Andrew, how are things? Uh, look, my parents are in Melbourne. Yeah, things is in becoming, Melbourne are not great. Yeah, and it's sort of – it's just one of those – like, I mean, we're lucky <laughs> – no, that sounds terrible. We're lucky that we're not in Melbourne, so we're in we're in Sydney. Um, but it's one of those – I spoke to my sister this morning and we both agreed we'd like to go and actually be able to see them. And talking to her mum, she's like – be nice to see you. you so can't it's sort know. of no, no, I know. So that's, I mean, I suppose that's the the horror at the moment is that we can't sort of if we're separated from our parents, there's some chance we can't actually get to them and and see them. So, um, you know, never things like Zoom or phone calls being actually more, more important, and maybe even written letters might even be a nice idea. I know. Sending lots of love to all our Melbourneian listeners because yes, Andrew yeah. and I are sitting here in Sydney and things are something like normal. So we've returned to kids sport yeah. um, in Sydney now and my daughter has started playing AFL. Matilda is playing for a local team which is associated with the Richmond Tigers who are not my team. Are they your team? No. You don't like them, do you? I don't think so. <laughs> you mighty, wouldn't let Matilda play the, for them. If no, 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 no. It's, no, I like no, I like anyone playing AFL. I reckon it's, it, it is the greatest. It is literally the greatest game. Well, she loves it, right? Made. Love, love, loves it. But I am guilty of not having been on the sidelines once yet this are, year. Are, you, are we allowed on the sidelines? I'm not there, so sure. here in Sydney, the rules are one family member. Well, for my for Matilda's team, one family member can go. Only one family member. So when it's Sunday morning and it's raining and it's seven a.m. start. Well, we had to be there at seven thirty a.m. It wasn't me. Yeah, that's but, a shame. Oh, wasn't sorry, it? Holly. You've got form in this. <laughs> I, I, I seem to remember someone playing rugby, and you say, "If he's playing rugby, I'm not going." I know. I'm terrible. I'd need to be a more supportive sporting yeah. parent and I will get there I will get to some games but so far I haven't been to one I think this weekend might have to be my thing if she turns out to be gifted because lots of kids turn out to be gifted for as long as they're interested would you pursue the giftedness if you know what I mean look if she if that's what makes her happy as long yeah. as I don't have to get up at 6am every Sunday yeah see there it is <laughs> yeah no, I, no yeah. I'm joking. She, uh, she, look, Matilda is very sporty. So my kids, my son is not sporty, and my daughter is sporty, yeah. and so she'll she'll play anything. She'll chase any ball that's going. She loves it. So it's a bit, like I'm really proud of her. I just need to get my bum down to the yeah. line. Well, thanks to the AFLW, it's like 
it, it is now a properly accessible game because there's now a pathway for really good players to actually there's something to really genuinely aspire to. It's true. So it's, it's great. True. And playing for the sake of playing as well, of course. So we are about to talk to Peter Hellier, who is one of Australia's favourite comedians. And he and his wife, Bridget, live in Melbourne, so they're on lockdown right now. And they've co-authored a book together about travelling with kids. It's called Tripping with Kids, How to Have Fun on Family Holidays Like You Used to Before You Had Kids, which I love about it. So the whole thing was that Pete and Bridget love travelling. Obviously, Pete works on the project on Network 10 and he normally would be touring with his comedy show and everything, which he isn't doing at the moment. he's done the miles. He certainly has. But they were a couple who were determined not to let parenthood and settling down keep them trapped because they love traveling so they uh, pitched the idea for apparently Bridget told Pete that they should write this book back on a family holiday in France back in 2010 and said we need a travel guidebook for families and this is what it is and it's great and Peter and Bridget join us now from lockdown in Melbourne to tell us all about the travels that we can dream about and book thank you so much for joining us Pete and Bridget Thank you. Thanks for having us. And congratulations on the book, Tripping with Kids. It's thick, it's big, and tragically we can actively use about a centimetre and a half of it. Oh, no, 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 just no, oh, no, I'm not, I really, I really mean tragically, you can't use much of it at the moment apart from, you know, hopeful travel. Yeah, with the planning, you yeah. know, planning overseas takes some time, so there's plenty of planning to be done. Yeah, and, and luckily, to be honest, when we first Thought of, or thought about putting the, actually doing the book. Um, we we were just going to do the the European and the uh, the Americas like right. that we've been to. Like we weren't even going to include Australia because I know this didn't occur to us for some reason. And uh, our publisher said, "Oh no, you should include your travels in Australia and, and New Zealand." And well, okay, yeah, it makes sense, I guess. And so <laughs> glad we did. And to the point where a fair bulk of it is, is Australia and New Zealand and. I call the USA section the, the bonus section now. Right. <laughs> so have you, like, I mean, it is, it's a remarkable travel journey. Have you been to all those places? Well, like, we've been to all those places, not necessarily all as a family, um, yeah. and we dis- discussed that early on and um, we thought, well, it's kind of silly not to include the places that we, you know, we, we've been to that we love and we want to, you know, we would like to take the kids back one day or, and even to the places we've been. We haven't necessarily done all those things because there's things, obviously, when you travel, you don't get around to doing everything. But yeah. um, there are things we're like, oh, we wish we could have gotten to there or here. So uh, we've included it all. So yeah. was it a big thing for you guys as a family? Because obviously a lot of people, when they become parents, are like, well, that's it then. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> we won't be traveling. We won't be doing things. Were you always determined that you were going to be a family who traveled? We didn't know right at the start. I think when we had Liam, um, we were pretty young and I think both of us were still eager to travel and I think by the time we had our third, we were like, we're not waiting any longer. Yeah. Six years of kind of babies and we went, no, let's do it. Right. We wanted to kind of encourage and potentially inspire parents not to put off travelling with their kids because yeah. you can, you know, you put it off until the next kid's a bit older and then, you know, all of a sudden there's a surprise third kid and then the, the, yeah, the first kids the doing DCE or you know, America. exam. Yeah, and it, it disappears really quickly. I mean, it's kind of a little bit bittersweet for us at the moment. Our oldest is, uh, you know, in year 12. And we're kind of realising that, you know, we may not have any more family trips, you know, uh, ahead of us. You know, like Liam's may, may go to university next year yeah. and you know, he may not want to uh, travel with us anymore. So it's been a little bit bittersweet uh, reminiscing. How young is too young travelling with kids? 
do you reckon? I mean, you've, you've, you've gone all the way. We've gone all the way. Like, what, what do you reckon? I think if you're going to do a big trip, like our first really big trip was overseas in France and six weeks on the road. Oscar was two. He was walking, so yeah. I think probably the easiest age. Not easy, but I think... Not, not easy. Not no. easy. <laughs> Long-haul flights get harder when they start walking. <laughs> like yes there is a weird age i think where you can't quite reason with them where yeah. the airplane travel can be tricky but a lot of the reason people were putting off traveling was the, the, the flights mm. and we kind of found to be honest the flights aren't that hard because they've all each seat's got a built-in tv screen in front of them and you know i remember aiden watched diary of a wimpy kid you know five times on the way to copenhagen you know there's just there's that small age where they're walking and you can't quite reason with them that's probably tricky that's where the Nergen uh, probably comes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but try it before you get on the plane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like experiment early. Yeah, I have some as well, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like we we took ours to the same, maybe the same sort of France trip, and our two year old at the time had two really fabulous tantrums that we still <laughs> like. We still so with that reason thing. That's why I ask, you know, how how young's too young? But then I suppose the other side is how old's too old. So with Liam in year twelve. And you yeah. think he might be going, well, maybe we're past it. He did mention to us that he would come if we were paying. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But, but also, I mean, you know, yeah, two-year-olds can have tantrums, but nine-year-olds can have tantrums as well. Yeah. And, I, and I remember being in Krakow in Poland and, and having to drag Liam away from the uh, the lunch table and taking down a cobblestone alleyway. And this, I had this, I actually swore at him. I, just, I, I had to drop an F-bomb just to get his attention. He was... <laughs> It was for some reason out of control on this day and we had tried so many things and I eventually had to um, go to a plane that I've never had used before, which is this giant <laughs> bomb in Poland. And, um, and it worked. <laughs> it worked. I did note just on Poland that one of the things that you say don't do with kids is the Holocaust. Is there, mm. is there much that you, many other things that you would actively avoid when travelling with kids? We didn't avoid talking about it with the kids. It, it was something that, and certainly kind of what happened in a in a way that they could understand at their age. Yeah. And so we went to Oscar's Shinless Factory and there was still a lot there for the kids to see and embrace. But I think we avoided things that might upset other people who were visiting. Yeah. Because kids are kids, they're going to play, they're going to laugh, they're going to climb on things. So it was more about other people. That's yeah. such a good point, Bridget. Yeah. That's the thing, you can't control them necessarily in a in such a serious situation. Yeah, that's right. So every place has the, that idea. We always think about who could be affected by our kids just being kids. We've also become more conscious of, you know, like animal tourism and the way animals can be exploited, you know, in, in ways that sometimes you don't really think about. Even doing this book, we probably look back at some times earlier when we travelled, even with, with me and before kids, and thought, yeah, I probably wouldn't ride an elephant in Thailand anymore. You know, yeah. like the things that, you know, I think we've, we've become more aware of and the, the way that those industries work. But with Poland, it gave us a great, you know, we, we said no, no to the concentration camps, but the Oscar Schindler Museum is is really uh, quite stunning. And, and it gave us one of our best, I think, experiences of travel where we had Liam, who was the oldest, Oscar was the youngest Naden uh, in the middle and, and Oscar just zigzagged around and we took it in turns of, you know, minding him and Aiden kind of looked at the artefacts and he kind of took those in. But, but Liam really read everything. Like he really kind of read, um, he was really curious, particularly World War II, and he read letters from, you know, kids in the ghetto and, and he was really moved by it. And then when we came back to Australia, the class were doing projects on, on uh, who they consider to be a hero. 
And most of the um, class were doing you know, sporting heroes because it's Australia, you know, and it was Ricky Ponting at the time. It was, you know, Daisy Thomas for Collingwood and and, uh, and Liam chose uh, Oscar Schindler. So he had to stand in front of the oh. class and explain who Oscar Schindler was. And a teacher, the teacher told us a few days later that a lot of the kids had gone home and like chatted to their parents and come back the next day and kind of revised who their hero was. So right. it went from being Ricky Ponting to, you know, to Nelson Mandela or, or, or Weary Dunlop. And uh, I think that's just a really tangible example of, of, of what travel can do. Do you get the kids to write journals on the, on the bigger trips? Yeah, yeah, and and we, yeah. I mean, some of it's just like literally, you know, it's like it's a Oscar three, um, you know, uh, Poland. I like ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's still a good memory to have, you know. Like it doesn't, it literally doesn't matter. But it does, it, like it takes up some time. Um, Absolutely, and and, and part of it is you, you want to be doing that. You want to I think be giving the kids things to do. Also, if, you know, if for our own recollection of it, for their own recollection. Yeah, I mean, Oscar's two when we go to you know France, and he doesn't have you know. There's a lot of photos, thankfully. He doesn't really have a, much of a memory of it, but he has a weird kind of affinity to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Um, <laughs> weirdly. Yeah. So the book is full of tips and tricks for different places you're going. But for the listeners, most of our listeners have probably got sort of primary school age kids to this show, heading towards teenagers. And what would you tell them about choosing the next big trip? Like if we are dreaming about overseas travel, where should you not rule out going? Well, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't rule out anything. I think involving the kids in the conversation would be good. They might've seen something on TV or probably YouTube and Instagram and things like that now, but I think that's what took us to Denmark, Legoland and um, finding. I I thought we were going to Italy and, um, (laughs) and then because Leah mentioned Legoland once, um, uh, we all of a sudden everything changed going to Denmark, but it it was great. And, And yeah, Bridge is right. I think, to involve the kids in the conversation because the book's not about we're really keen not to make it a a global you know play gym tour this is how parents can have fun on holidays with their kids so it's yeah. about managing both those things where, where where are those destinations that there are going to be things for uh, you know the kids and the adults to do we let our well, i didn't my wife let our 14 year old book our greek holiday book it i go wow this place is nice how much was this and everyone goes okay don't worry about it oh my god <laughs> no it's terrible no it's great it's fine i would have liked to have been the 14 year old i see you've got a section for the mornington peninsula and i did sort of laugh where it says the train goes to frankston but you didn't say go to frankston so, <laughs> so I, went, I, I made a note of that went, that's very interesting Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> I was going to ask about Australia where um, I know that for my family the best holiday we've ever had I think was to Kakadu with the with the little, when they were quite little. That was amazing and they saw rock art and it, it was just such an amazing adventure. What's your most recommended domestic destination given that that's probably what we're looking at for the next couple of years maybe? I think we have different ones. <laughs> I love the heat. So I would say Port Douglas. There's so much culture up there. Um, just the surrounds are incredible. You can go snorkeling, Great Barrier Reef. Port Douglas is an amazing little town in itself. You know, it's a really lovely place, but I think it's different. Oh, I mean, I, I like the heat as well, but, I, you know, I, I like all the seasons. I'm a true Melbourneian. Because I get the tour around a lot, uh, I have a real affection for all, all the cities and, the and all the states. Yeah, because I need to sell tickets everywhere. So I don't want to... <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, like, I, I, I've been giving um, Canberra a bit of a, uh, I know it's obviously not ah. at, at, off the beaten track, but Canberra is surprisingly, you know, fun for kids. There are things, the War Memorial is, is stunning. And obviously depending on the ages of, of, of your kids, they've got the great, great uh, like science uh, museum there. Uh, even the old Parliament House is set up really nicely. We went there for Easter last year or the year before and um, they had an Easter egg hunt in the old Parliament House and our oldest was like rolling his eyes a bit. But to be honest, it was it was like a fact, uh, you know, a gathering kind of you know, a mission that they went on and then they got Easter eggs at the end. And we also try to encourage people to obviously get to the bushfire affected areas. Kangaroo Island is, is, is stunning and... Yeah. Um, it would love, yeah, love to encourage people to get there. Yeah, I mean, every, like literally everywhere is covered. So everywhere, you know, I don't think there's going to be a region that is not going to sort of open the book and go, uh, whoa, what about us, you know? So, yeah, and no, I think it's no. Yeah. And we tried to, and there's still places on, on there that, you know, yeah, we would love to get to. Like the Ningaloo Reef, you don't really hear yeah. that much about. You hear a lot about the Great Barrier Reef, but on the other side of the country we have this beautiful you know, stunning uh, reef that yeah, we would love to get there to one day. Yeah, I think it's terrific, and it's just Thank it's you. a it's a guide. It's not a it's not an absolute thing. It's just literally a guide to say think about these places, go and find them. Frankston's fine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the AC still exists, but you know that's where you play pennies and stuff. So um, yeah, it's great. So congratulations, and you know, like timing's everything. But it's sort of probably more of a you know what you can do next as opposed to a lot of what you can do right now. But it's terrific. Yeah. So well done. That's, we always kind of thought planning is part of a big part of the holiday. You planning know, like is the holiday. That's when the fun begins, yeah. really. Like it's, it's like dreaming of what you can possibly do. And all these countries will open up, some sooner than, than others. You know, we've got Singapore in the Fiji and Japan and New Zealand, obviously. So, And there's also just anecdotes of us travelling and just helpful tips. The, the response to Bridges putting, uh, what is it, dryer sheets? Oh, my dryer sheets, yeah. In the luggage, your dryer sheets keep your luggage smelling nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> you haven't heard of it. That's oh, genius. I had no idea this was happening. What a dryer sheets. But so many people have responded to dryer sheets that I'm like, okay, yeah. that's a thing, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> they do so many things. They're amazing. That's genius. Well, thank you so much, guys. Good luck with, with what's going on in Melbourne. We hope that you yeah. get to escape again soon. We'll thank you so much. Thanks, Holly. Thank Andrew. Thanks for your time. Nailed it. You failed it. It's nailed and failed time, Mr. Dado. What went on in your house this week? Did you nail it? Did you fail it? I'm, I'm going to fail because I'm going to have a small whinge. Oh, warning, there's a whinge coming. This is a fail. I, so I was lucky enough to get on an aeroplane and go to the Sunshine Coast. La- Ooh, an aeroplane? How I, exotic. I know, I know, I know, I know. And it was fine. It was all was great. Mm. And then we were coming home and I'm sitting there in my seat and you all do your social distancing. We all had masks on. I'd see the guy next to me didn't. So there's three, three of us in the seat together in 1ABC. And then this row behind, there's just someone in sitting in 2A and no one in B and C. So I said to the guy, Luke, hey, Luke, do you mind if I'm just going to jump back into that row? And he goes, stay in your assigned seat, please. Please stay in that seat. So I was like, why? Now, I didn't – I stayed there, but it's absurd. It's absurd. <laughs> no, no, it's absurd. Don't look don't, – you're looking at <laughs> – this is – the whole thing, we're meant to be separating – so we've got to have four people sitting apart. Instead, we have three people sitting together, one person sitting alone. It's ridiculous. And then it's everyone stays in their seats until they can get off the plane. And they do all those things. So to, to not be able to do one simple thing is 
Ridic- so basically your fail this week. My fail is I'm having a whinge <laughs> because no, no what there probably is some rule about all staying in your assigned seats. But, like, surely there's a time now where if you can separate from other people, you should be allowed to separate from other people. Yeah, sure. Shouldn't you? Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I'm like... And I didn't, I literally, I didn't say a word. He said no. I said no worries. And so I gave him a stink. You just stewed. I gave him a stink eye and I stewed. And I was really annoyed at myself. You stewed all the time until you got here and you thought, I'm going to let it out. No, I didn't. I was sitting there going, I'm going to let... Anyway, that's my fail. Your fail fail is is that you're a whinger. Well, if there's ever a time to look at situations, and there are lots of situations where we possibly could bend rules... Because I've never ever been on a plane in my life where you haven't been able to move. I once know, the plane but you know what? Off. I reckon this is a time more than ever that you've got never to once. follow the rules. No, no, it's like the rules about you've got to wear a mask and you've got to stand know, here I, and you've I, got to do that yeah, and all this stuff. So you've got to like this yeah, is not the time to but, be challenging rules. But no, no, never once ever traveling have I not been allowed to move a seat from here to there ever. I hear you. Okay. So I think it was a power play. Anyway. I said it was a I fail. Think you should I said be, it was a fail. You should be turning your frown upside down and be nailing the fact that unlike most of us, you've been on a plane lately and you went somewhere. To the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, which is nice. It's amazing. It rained all three days. <laughs> 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 all right, I want you to tell me, is this a nail or a fail? It's a nail. We had one of Matilda's mates round for a play date. Yeah. We still call them that in our house, a play date. On Sunday, this lad is absolutely lovely, lovely lad, one of Matilda's good mates. I'd never been to our house before. I made pumpkin soup for lunch because Billy, who, as is very well documented, does not eat vegetables except for pumpkin soup. Well, or at least I thought. And then I made the soup and then he was like, actually, Mum, I don't like pumpkin <laughs> soup anymore either. I'm like, great. Anyway, I made pumpkin soup for lunch and I was like to this kid, we'll call him Bob. I said, Bob. Do you want some pumpkin soup? I've made some pumpkin soup, fresh made, all all from scratch, chopping up my onions, chopping up my bits and bobs. Do would you like some? And he goes, Well <laughs> He goes, Well, sometimes I like pumpkin soup and sometimes I don't. So do you mind if I try the pumpkin soup before I say yes oh or no? Oh my god. I'd like to meet his parents. <laughs> I got a spoon. And I put it in the pan and I gave it to him and he stood there at the stove and he tasted it and he said, no thanks. <laughs> did, you, did you go, hang on, hang on, hang on. I've got some sour cream. I just put a bit of sour cream on it. Try it now. Wow. How'd you feel? I'm blushing for you. It's so funny because I didn't, like, I just went, fine, don't worry, I'll make you a sandwich. Like, that's okay. But I was also like... This is not how shit went down when I was a kid. Like you just went there and they put the soup down and you had a few bites and you were like, Whoa, but you you pretended to eat it. You know, and he's a lovely lad. He's not like a brat or anything. I think this is just how the world is now. They've got a lot of choices, kids. Don't yeah. they? And so he was like, so I made this big pot of pumpkin soup. Billy turned against it. Matilda's friend decided it wasn't up to scratch. Matilda had a bowl of it and Brent had some. That was that. Yeah. How was it? I think he was probably right. It was not my finest. So, do you think, like, like, in all honesty, do you would you like to would you like to go back to the time when kids were given something and they ate it and then? Well, I bloody would because it would make my life a lot easier in my house. But but it's funny because Matilda, 
and I'm not, this isn't like a boast, but she'll sometimes say to me, I'll say, what did you have for lunch at so-and-so's house? And she'll say, because she's a vegetarian, so she's one of those painful people. And she'd say, they made me a veggie burger. I didn't really like it, but I ate it to be polite. Like that's what she says. Yeah. But that's also because I've banged into her that because she is a vegetarian, she's <laughs> always annoying people. So just be nice about it, right? Yeah. But but I think that's I think that's important to, to actually do that. But I, I think didn't that's think great. this kid that's was rude. I just nail. thought it was quite funny, really, that fair he enough. was just such a little master chef. There's lots of people going, fair <laughs> enough, and there's lots of people going... <laughs> but anyway, tell us what you think. If you've got kids round, do you cater for everybody's dietary needs and also what they like and what they don't, or do you just throw lunch on the table and go, go for your life, and if you're hungry, mm. then you're hungry? We'd love to know, and you can share your thoughts on the pod phone with us anytime, 028999-9386, or jump into the Mamma Mia Parents Facebook group, or even email us at tgm at mamamia.com.au. That is all we have time for on the Glorious Mess Big Kids this week. Oh, Andrew, you want to say I just have an admission that with the girlfriends and boyfriends, we cater for their dietary needs. I bet you do. Yeah, so everything vegan? So, no, there's just veggies, pescatarians or whatever, whatever they are, fish eaters. But, so I just... In saying, wouldn't it be great if we could go back? We're, we're doing the other. <laughs> it's hard. It's so, hard. Yeah. This glorious mess is brought to you by Mama Mia. This episode was produced by Peria Tahirzadeh and Rachel Hart, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.